Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name is Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia, and I'm joined by our head of admin, otherwise known as Managing Director, David Byram, ADB. Thanks, Tom. I do like uh, the head of admin piece. And, uh, it does feel like uh, my role is administration at times, but I do have the best job. I think I've said that before. And uh, let me say, Dom, you've done well. You've got me back in the studio twice, you know, couple, short couple of weeks. That's it. Short uh, space in between. You've done struck it. while the iron is hot. Done uh, it. Hey, speaking of striking while the iron is hot, I was in a um, accreditation just the other day. And uh, we're doing the old rock around the clock, around the circumplex. And uh, a bit of a, a conversation developed, and it was pretty interesting. So I thought I might bring it to you and see what your ideas were. And it was really about that kind of corner of competitive, perfectionistic achievement. And particularly kind of what's the difference? Because they're quite similar in a lot of ways. And I think particularly with a competitive and perfectionistic, it's, it's two styles that people will defend in particular in my experience anyway, of why they, they're actually kind of useful. So I'd love to just tease it out with you. So kind of what, what's the difference between them? You know, why are we shooting for achievement? Why do we think it's more effective than the others? What a great question. One of my favorite corners, all right? And the circumplex is clusters mm. rather than quadrants. Yep. But in a quadrant world, we're talking about satisfaction through task. And look, for those uh, who don't know why we use clusters rather than quadrants, it's because of mathematics and science. Achievement is closer to self-actualizing than it is to perfectionistic. And perfectionistic is closer to competitive than it is to achievement. Yeah. So that's why we draw that line and that's where you get that break between achievement falling into constructive so that's from a correlations point correlations. of view, not from a design point of view, not like from a, not from a drawing point of view. I mean, yeah, not from a drawing. It's they are they're next to each other. They're next, but- well, they're next to each other for a reason because they're closely related. Right. Okay. All right. So that's why perfectionistic and achievement are next to each other. That's why competitive is next one down. So they are all related. So if you look at those three styles, they're related and they're about satisfaction through task. And it's not linear, right? Mm. But we know competitive is the most task orientated of all the styles. Mm. And- Staying in that quadrant, self-actualizing is the most satisfaction-orientated of the 12 styles. But let's hone in on those three. I often uh, refer to them as uh, it's the heart attack corner if you're high in 9 and 10. It's that Mm. pressure Mm. to perform. Mm. And that's probably a nice place to start, right? We want to succeed. We want to do well. I actually don't know anybody who doesn't want to do well. Mm. And I'm even going to use the word win. Win's not a dirty word. You know, we want to deliver on our promise at a culture level. We want to deliver on our promise for our employees, our customers, our shareholders. Yep. At an individual level, you want to deliver on your promise for your team and for you, Mm. for yourself. Want to do a cracking job. Yeah. You want to, you know, we all want to have that pride that we've done a good job today. So if I break down and if I'll start with achievement, all right? So achievement is about goal setting, all right? So at its core, it's about setting my goals, so self-set goals. And opposite achievement is dependent, where I often say others are going to set my goals. I'm going to let others Mm. set goals for me. So with that achievement lens, it's about goal setting. It's about making a difference. It's 
about having a plan. In addition to that, achievement is also about planning how to get to those goals. So what are the steps I need to take to help me get to those goals? So one of the items we have in achievement is all about enjoys planning, enjoys tasks that like require skill, which is helping me get to those goals. The third leg of the achievement stool is I'd put in there would be problem solving, all right? Because we start out to do well and hit our goal and climb that mountain and deliver on that promise. We have our plan, but we're going to have to troubleshoot along the way as well. So problem solving and learning is in there as well. So if I look at achievement, we talk about goal setting, problem solving. You know what else I'd throw in the mix? Risk. Yes. I'd throw in calculated risk. Yeah. So I- it's an embracing of calculated risk. Versus on that green side, it's really avoidance of risk. And on the red side, perhaps seeking an unnecessary risk. But well, even competitive, I might avoid risk if I know I'm not going to. Right. I know I'm not. If I can't be perfect. Perfectionistic is actually avoidance of risk. It's because yeah. it's, it's an avoidance of failure rather than attraction to success. Yeah, I don't want to get it wrong, right? It, right. Can't, it can't be wrong. So achievement is about doing well, all right? And delivering. So close to perfectionistic, right? And the fine line that I say in breakdown these is the perfectionist it has goals. Uh-huh. Right? But it has goals that are higher than others. Unrealistic goals, one might say. And it has to be absolutely perfect. And I'm really gonna drive and put pressure on myself to deliver on that unrelenting goal. And if it goes wrong, I have to do it, all right? So when then we get into this problem-solving mode, I have to do it. And there's some items in perfectionistic which at a surface level and technically at a data level, they don't take you out to the 50th percentile. So competent, looks for challenges. They're right down low. Practical. They're down low. In fact, if you score at an individual LSI level, if you score two on the bottom five items, you're at about the 10th percentile. So perfectionistic relative to achievement has that goal, whereas it's all about delivering the goal, not so much about the plan. I'm going to work long, hard hours. I'm going to burn the midnight oil. I'm going to get it right. I'm going to strive to get it right. And I really don't need anyone. I'm not going to think about others. That's where the items in there seems driven to succeed. All right? So I'm blinkered and, and driving to drive that. And it's also where, you know, I don't need others. It can be unfeeling. Mm. versus shares responsibility well. Versus shares responsibility for others. Exactly right. So I'm just going to flick to the competitive. Yep. So often people get, you know, they hear the word competitive and they go, what's wrong with competing? You know, and I'm going to say at one level, nothing. All right. We want to win. Maybe not under seven kid league on the weekend playing playing sports because we want our kids to embrace sport. I know when my boys were growing up and, Parents would come up and I'd say, what's the score? And I'd say, doesn't matter. It does change when you get into more senior ranks and professional sport, but they have to win. But competitive in our, our language is about winning against others, all right? And I'm only good enough if I'm the winner, mm. all right? The scoreboard is my judge of my performance, not the behaviors I put in place and not my personal contribution to that. So, whereas I have to win at all cost, and this gets to the risk point you talked about, if I judge myself by my ability to be a winner, 
I'm probably not going to take on new activities where I might lose, right? Because yep. it's too risky. So it's culturally, you know, in organizations that are higher competitive, they're dog eat dog, they're win at all cost, and people only take on challenges that they can do well at. And it's the one where like someone gets promoted but keeps doing their old job because I was really good at that job. That's exactly the one, right? I've been promoted, but I'm going to do my old job and my new job because at least my old job, I know how to do it. I can do it well. Uh. So competitive in our language is in this unrelenting, I have to win at all cost. Now, it's interesting, right? Because we have the word challenge across those three styles Uh. because it is about challenge. So challenge is a great word, right? But it's the frame up of the word challenge. So the way we use the word challenge when we collect data at an individual level, we talk about enjoys challenges, looks for challenges, or everything is a challenge. And when you put those words in front of it of enjoys, looks for, or everything's a challenge, it really changes the dynamic of the question and the word challenge. So enjoys challenge is I embrace it. Mm. I want to be part of it. Mm. It's exciting. So that's achievement. And that can be, I enjoy competitive situations. Yeah. You know, from achievement, because it's a chance for me to, you know, test myself and test my skills and- Be my best. And be my best. Yeah. Whereas looks for challenges, all right, in perfectionistic, I'm now trying to look for that next edge, look for that next level. Now, it's a lower order item, right? So in our perfectionistic scales, it is a lower order item down there with practical and competent. But if I'm always looking for challenge, am I seeing what's in front of me? Am I seeing the full breadth of things? Right. right? When am I satisfied? Right. All right. And you can see now we're moving a little bit from satisfaction down to a little bit more security. And I kind of hear in that look for, looks for challenge, it's kind of finding them where there aren't really any. Could be. You know, or something like that, because that's yeah. that perfectionistic piece of it. Need, yeah. Like, we're getting too caught up and stuff that doesn't really matter. And, you know, this is borderline between what's driving it, satisfaction or security. And then you get to competitive where everything's a challenge. I see it as a personal conquest, all right, to win because everything's a challenge that I have to conquer. I have to be the best at. So it's interesting with the use of the word challenge, how we can frame up competitive, perfectionistic, and achievement. Very closely related, but very different. And the real challenge, right, and that favorite word challenge again, is how do we ensure that achievement, our thinking, our behavior, our cultural styles, or our team is more achievement than it is perfectionistic? When perfectionistic overrides achievement, I'm going to bleed into more security, Mm. all right? And potentially not enjoy the challenge as much as I could do. It's a relief to get there rather than an enjoyment. Well, I've made it, right? But then I'm probably still not there. Still, it's never good enough, yep. Because I haven't quite got there yet. I've got to work a bit harder to get there. And, you know, does a little bit of perfectionistic, a little bit of competitive hurt you, impact you? If you're high in achievement, probably not noticeably. If your achievement is lower, it would have an impact on you. It would have an impact on others. And what I would say, I was, um, in fact, I was doing a debrief not so long ago, and I, I asked the individual who happened to have some perfectionistic traits, and I said, so not so much. And he goes, I went somewhere and I continued to work while I watched my kids. And I said, what was the impact on you? And he goes, oh, no, no, I love my job. It was a great job, which is a fair comment. And I said, so what was the role model you set for your children? And pause and reflection. He went, 
That's a really good question, TB. Let me get back to you <laughs> because that's the kicker, right? There, there's always going to be a, an impact somewhere. It might not be immediate, might not be seen now, but if you do go into those perfectionistic or competitive styles, there'll be an impact. Mm. And particularly the competitive, right? And we won't get into power and oppositional today. But the competitive, if you're really driving to win at all cost, all right, and that's your mindset, it's going to be in your language, all right? So you're going to critique the person who comes home with 95% in the maths exam or English exam or history exam or geography exam or the art work, 95 Right. What happened to the other five? Or it's the one-upmanship or something, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, I did it slightly better. Yeah. And that's the competitive, right? I will perfectionistic. I would have done it differently. Uh, uh, Whereas achievement, awesome work. Uh, well done. Uh, All right. What did you learn from that? How do you continue to grow? And now, how do you continue to grow? How do you continue to explore? Now you're moving into that curious stage of self-actualizing. So we've sort of spun around this satisfaction through task, which is across competitive, perfectionistic achievement and self-actualizing. I wonder, because um, you're seeing about the self-set goals, and I kind of put initiative under that as well, you know, to use your initiative. So perfectionistic was unrealistically high goals. It's not, a, not actually achievable. Achievement is challenging but realistic. They're not easy. You know, I can't kind of talk about excellence rather than perfection. Excellent is excellent. I didn't say mediocre, but I reckon a lot of perfectionists hear mediocre. Excellent is excellent. We want excellent, but it doesn't have to be perfect. And it's about how do you, I think with perfectionistic, we can get caught up pouring a whole lot of energy and effort for little reward, and we could have put that somewhere else for a much better return. 100%. You know, stretch is an achievement. Stretch is an achievement. Yeah. uh, Excellence is an achievement. Making, you know, one of the, in my past life, we used to have this thing called Best Demonstrated Performance, BDP, and we track measures on a daily basis, weekly basis. And, you know, we used to always say to our teams, what's your BDP, your best demonstrated day, week, whatever the measures were, and then how do you make every day your best day, all right? And then it's not about – so this this becomes like a target, all right? And that if every day was your best day, well, how awesome would that be? We're not saying set a target. higher than your best ever day. Now, if you make every day of your best day, you'll probably improve your performance by more than 10%. But you haven't gone out and set a target that's 10% higher than what you've ever done, which would be perfectionistic, Mm. right? Stretching those unattainable goals. Mm. And it reminds me, um, because you talked about, you know, achievement is the outcome and the process. Correct. Together. Where sometimes I think the, the red ones are more just the outcome. Deliver me on the outcome. And yep. it reminds me, we had a breakfast a few moons ago now with uh, Darren Lockyer. And I don't know if you remember, you, you were asking the questions, I think. I was asking. Uh, <laughs> we, we changed roles. Uh, and he talked about, you know, state of origin, the young guys in the team standing there really nervous before the game. And they're thinking, how am I going to perform? Are we going to win? Just the outcome, right? And he talked about it in this breakfast doing the toss, and then they'd go back and tell them, are we kicking off or receiving? And what he, all he wanted them to do is think about your next five minutes. Yep. What are you going to do in the next set of six? Like, of course we care about the outcome, but kind of put it aside, do the next set of six, and if we do that and the next one and the next one and the next one, we will win. The, the outcome will come. But just fixating on the outcome, you're just getting yourself nervous and all worked up. You know, focus on what you can control, which is, you know, how you're going to tackle, how you're going to 
run the ball, whatever. Catching that first ball. Catching that first ball. Yeah. Oh, look, absolutely. And look, we're coming into state of origin season as well. Yeah, timely. So it's a a nice timely play. Um, And as a New South Welshman, I think Queensland looking very good again. (laughs) What I would say, though, is we've got to have a belief that we can win. Mm. So we're going to do well today. All right. But I don't want you to think about winning when you run out. Mm. I want you thinking about the steps, the process, the plan to help us win. Mm. But we're going to have a belief we're going to do well. But I don't want to go out there with the belief that, oh, man, I'm not quite sure how this is going to go, you know, because that's non-achievement, right? Right. I wouldn't say it's a dependence per se, but I'd say it's not achievement. Mm. I've got to have a goal. Mm. And the goal in our sporting fraternity is to win. Mm. The goal in business is to deliver on our commitment. Mm. And in business, we have commitments to our employees, keep them safe, develop them, grow them, to our customers, fulfill the orders, provide the service, and to our shareholders so they can reinvest back in the business. Mm. So we've got to have that belief we're going to deliver on that promise, whatever that promise might be, but then I want to focus on the steps to deliver the promise. Mm. Whereas the perfectionist would only purely think about the win, Mm. all right, and get lost, Mm. all right, and get frustrated if they're not winning the whole time. Mm. And, you know, we go back to state of origin pilots. I think one of the things Queensland's traditionally done is probably played better in that last five minutes. Mm. And that's that belief that we can still do this versus thinking only about winning. And that's kind of what I'm talking about, DB, like in, in this conversation. I think at times people get so concerned about competitive that we, they kind of go too far the other way. Do you know what I mean? Oh, we don't want to. We don't want to think about winning at all. It's like no, we want to win. There's nothing wrong with winning. Of course, we want to win. We want to do a cracking job. But it's just, it's about if we, it's about performing at our best, and the win comes. You know, it's a result, not the sole aim. I suppose. Yeah, and look, scores are important, but ultimately you're you're judged by your behaviours, right? And your whole life is not determined by the result of one game. Or one day, we've all got broader aspects to it. But that high competitive would say that my whole life revolves around that one result. Mm. And somebody who's super high competitive just can only see that one result. Now, if they've got the perfectionistic kick, they've lost the result. They're going to burn themselves up because mm. they haven't delivered on that result. Because mm. it's like, oh my God. It's me. I am what I do. I haven't got the result. Mm. So therefore, they're probably going to drop into a bit of power and try and demand on others and put more pressure on others to get the result. So swapping codes now, I watched uh, it was a little while ago now, the Wallabies and Quade Cooper was back in the team and kicked the winning goal. I don't know if you remember this, on full time. To win, it wasn't against the All Blacks, I'd to say. To win the game. It may have been, I can't remember. But to, to win the game, right? He kicked the winning goal from the you know 40 metres out on an angle kind of thing. And they interviewed him after the game. It was really interesting because he has obviously done a lot of reflection and work and he kind of talked about you know, rugby is an important part of my life, but it's a part. It's just a part of my life. You know, Quake Quake Cooper is more than just rugby. You know, but I think previous to that, it would have been all on that that kick going over or not would have been him going over or not. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, hundred percent. And you know, we uh, we should. And it's true for business leaders as well as it is for uh, the sporting stars. The ones who are more sustainable. And have longer careers in business or sport, recognise that their performance is not purely judged by 
that single sporting event. I'm a bigger person than that. And we see that. And look, we're fortunate we work across Olympians, high-profile professional athletes in multiple codes. Ones that are sustainable long-term are actually higher in achievement and self-actualizing, a lot higher there than they are in competitive or perfectionistic. So they still have a drive. Don't get me wrong here. Right? They have a desire, but it's not their unrelenting desire because they're bigger than that. Right? They want to do well. We all want to do well, but they're not driven by that only single score. Uh, beautiful. Then we've covered it then. We've covered it. Sounds good. That was a great podcast. It's a, it's a really good topic, but, right? I mean, there's so much to explore. We could probably keep talking about it forever, if I'm honest. I was thinking about constant improvement, you know, like if, if, you got, if you're perfect, there's nothing to improve, you know. Well, no one's perfect. No, but if that's your belief in the perfectionistic space, or I've got to appear perfect at least, yeah, I've got nothing to learn. Perfection. But not being perfect's okay. Well, that's uh, what allows us to grow. That's exactly right. So it's interesting, right? So where does growth and exploration fit? It's achievement and self-actualizing, mm. all right? It's being curious enough to recognize that I can still grow, mm. not the pressure to be perfect, which comes from perfectionistic. So we, we're now blending across into self-actualizing, and, you know, my favorite words in self-actualizing are curious and courage. Mm. So do I, am I open enough to ex- explore, and am I courageous enough to actually lean into the challenge? Mm that I have. Well, that's probably another podcast. Probably is. All right, I'll get you back for a third time. That might be a record. Uh, it could be a record. What do you reckon? But I should let, uh, look, I enjoy being here on the podcast with you and, and we've got to work out one day how to make these interactive and a bit of dialing. It'd be great to hear from audiences. It's probably almost impossible. Well, well, we're talking about, this is an offline conversation, but we're talking about doing like a live podcast, have an audience there and stuff and take questions from the audience. So if you're up for that, let us know. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely, I'm definitely up for that. But it's great to be here in the podcast. I th- I've lost track of how many Culture Bites episodes we're up to. Getting up there. It's near 200, I think, isn't Getting it? Near 200, yep. So it's a credit to uh, you, Dom. So you've done a great job on this podcast. And happy to jump in the studio at any time as head of administration. Awesome. Hey, and uh, speaking of live events, we've got our conference coming up this year and it's going to be live. So a return to in-person conference. So if you haven't been before, it's a, it's a sort of big event we put on once a year where we get clients in to talk about their journeys, what they're working on, what's worked for them, what challenges have they perhaps faced. You know, we get big crowds in, in Sydney and Melbourne. It's awesome to be part of, awesome to be part of that community. If you listen to Culture Bites, you are part of that community, so come along. This year, DB, we've got in Sydney on September 5th and Melbourne on the 13th of September. So check out our website. You'll be able to register there and come along and join us. I can't wait, Dom. It's uh, three years of virtual. Uh, and that We've done a lot. The team, let's be honest, right? The team have done a phenomenal job pulling together our virtual conference over the last three years, which has allowed us to be uh, sticky and supporting the network and our clients. This year, we're face-to-face only. Looking forward to seeing lots of people there in the auditorium. I'd love to uh, pack the auditorium in Sydney or at the recital hall in Sydney. I'd like to see that full. To the rafters. Uh, uh, book in early because it is a bit more capacity strained. And then in Melbourne, we're back at the Exhibition Centre. So looking forward to being there. It's in my diary. I'm locked away. Can't Good. wait. <laughs> Lock it in your diary too. Whoever's listening. <laughs> All right. We'll see you there. Thanks, Tom. Stay well. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia, all rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.